Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. America faces a choice. This is Battleground America. Here's Tara Servatius. These numbers are simply staggering for the sitting president. Those are the worst numbers that we've seen in our ABC News, Washington Post polling. He's been talking about how inflation has been easing, but people aren't buying it. It's not just the state of the nation or the policies that are giving people pause on President Biden. It seems to be the man himself. Maybe the most startling number in our poll is this, the the hypothetical matchup, a rematch of Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. So the Washington Post all of a sudden desperately wants you to know that Trump is leading Biden by 10 points. A thing they'd normally never admit to, even if it was true. So why all of a sudden, after months of the mainstream media telling us the two were running neck and neck, suddenly Trump's up 10 points. I mean, like literally since last week. Look, y'all, if it's in the Washington Post and it concerns this presidential election, it's not news. It's designed to manipulate you. And here's the manipulation. Gavin Newsom is getting ready to enter the race. That poll was aimed at the 20 to 25 percent of Democrat voters who still fairly strongly support Biden. This is the Democrat Party and the deep state. But then I repeat myself, they merged a long time ago, getting ready to shove Biden out the door. You can tell Newsom is who's going to enter the race, or at least he thinks he's who's going to enter the race because he just vetoed this bill called AB 957, which he'd supported before. It's a trans rights youth bill that literally would allow the State Department of Social Services to take custody of kids from parents who refuse to transition them or call them by their pronouns. And it would open parents up to criminal charges of child abuse for refusing to do those two things. Newsom had previously supported the bill. So for him to veto, it means only one thing. He's running. Look for Newsom to file to run before October 15th. That's right, in the next three weeks. Because that's the filing deadline to get on the Nevada ballot. Nevada's a critical swing state. You can't really run without it, or you wouldn't want to. But hasn't Newsom in recent months said he wasn't running or he wouldn't run? Yeah, but here's what changed. Remember when Representative Nancy Mace from South Carolina went on CNN and announced two things that alarmed the heck out of the left. Number one, that, yeah, Republicans weren't joking about that impeachment inquiry. But number two, that they had seen proof in the star reports at the Treasury of the tens of millions of dollars Joe Biden took in bribes. Mace went on to explain twice. So CNN knew she was serious that the Republicans have seen their confidential, so they can't release them. But they know where the money is and what accounts it traveled through from the SAR reports 
and they intended to subpoena those and show the public. This was the first indication that the Democrats got of how serious the GOP actually is about pursuing Biden's bribery charges. Before that, remember, Kevin McCarthy was just he's the Speaker of the House and leader of the Republicans. He was playing games and pretending he was going to let the Democrats vote along with the Republicans on whether to impeach Joe. It didn't look like he was going anywhere. So even after he shocked Democrats, announcing he was, in fact, going somewhere, he would pursue an impeachment inquiry. They still didn't think he was serious because he's Kev. He's a douchebag. This is a guy who stabbed his fellow Republicans in the back in order to vote to fund Joe Biden's agenda, including the worst parts of it. The Democrats thought they were good until Nancy Mace went on CNN about two weeks ago and declared war. Now, panic has ensued. And that's why you're suddenly seeing all these reports. Joe's addled. He's old. Oh, look at him. What am I? He's been that way for a while, but the media hasn't fully let you see it. And they haven't produced polling like this. They're getting ready for Newsom to file. And Newsom should file. He could easily beat Biden. So this whole thing's being fixed right now because Joe has got to go. Here's the thing. The Democrats didn't really want to get rid of him because it's an admission that he was an utter failure. That reflects really badly on the party. So as long as they could hold on to him with a minimum amount of damage, they would. But it's getting to the point where they can't do that because the Republicans are actually serious about investigating him. So he's got to go. And the reason he's got to go is simple. Republicans in recent weeks were beginning to find connections between Hunter Biden and Ron Klain, the chief of staff for Barack Obama, between Hunter Biden's business partners and no less than Obama's secretary of state, John Kerry. In other words, it was starting to spread to others in the Democrat leadership who were equally corrupt. And as I've told you many times, used both Joe and Hunter as their bagmen for many years. They couldn't let that happen. So Joe's got to go. The only way it's not Newsom is if Michelle Obama wants it, at least for now. So Newsom files, they may all come out of the woodwork. This is about to get really interesting, bottom line. And if they're serious, they're all going to have to file in the next three weeks before that Nevada deadline. Meanwhile, I should have known something was up when I was censored on YouTube, of all places, last week for using the word inflation in the headline on my video. They said it was a copyright violation, but that's a crock. Something copyrighted. Now you can see Joe's little FBI minions back at work censoring us again. Why? Because in the most shocking attack on the Bill of Rights since the founding, and no, I am not exaggerating, the most shocking attack, I should say, on the First Amendment in the Bill of Rights since the founding, Samuel Alito lifted the injunction on the Biden administration placed there by a lower-ranking court and allowed to remain by a circuit court in order to, I kid you not, let Joe Biden go back to censoring. And you could tell right away, for those of us who make our living online, my numbers plummeted. I got the censorship warning from YouTube that I had a copyright violation out of Russia, mind you. What a crock. Again, what was the video about? Inflation in Joe Biden. There was nothing Russian or copyrighted in it. I'll let the Epoch Times explain what happened. The founders are rolling in their graves. The U.S. Supreme Court issued an emergency order allowing the Biden administration 
to once again interact with social media companies in order to censor the free speech of Americans. And one of the odd things about this is that this order came just a single day after the impeachment inquiry against Joe Biden was announced, and it also came just a few hours after Hunter Biden was hit with several felony gun charges. Because of this order from the U.S. Supreme Court, the Biden administration, they're now also once again free to reach out to these social media companies regarding Joe Biden's impeachment, as well as any of Hunter Biden's legal troubles. Bottom line, Alito ruled until the court hears the case, Biden's free to censor. Now, let's remember what that includes. That included selecting individual posts, groups of posts of a certain opinion, or even individuals for either their post or their accounts deletion. Even if the posts are factually correct, Joe Biden is lying and he just wants them taken down because they're embarrassing. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. The Supreme Court rules on these in zones, and this happened to fall on Alito. He could have done just about anything leading up to it. Instead, he gave Joe Biden almost total censorship ability. It was shocking. And while Alito had the ruling stamped not for precedent, it doesn't matter. It will always be used as precedent. There will always be a time when it was okay and allowed by the court for the federal government to censor Americans. That has not happened ever since the founding. And as the Epoch Times story points out, the circumstances around Alito's temporary ruling were bizarre. Alito essentially lied in his write-up. Here's what he said. That, well, you know, we don't want to restrict the FBI, the Department of Homeland Security, other folks uh, from interacting with social media in order to censor posts because, you know, those posts might be criminal, think kitty porn, or they might be terrorists, you know, an ISIS recruiting video or something. Well, Alito was pretending in his write-up not to know that the original decision by the lower court already allowed that. In other words, it allowed all these agencies to contact social media, say, if an ISIS recruitment video had gone out or somebody's peddling kitty porn or snuff videos or something that's criminal. They had retained the ability to do that. Alito pretended they didn't and gave Joe full censorship ability back. Here's how the Epoch Times reported it. Now, to be frank with you, this is a bit of a strange argument because, as we mentioned earlier, in the actual injunction that was ordered in July, there was a caveat which allowed the government to contact social media companies regarding things like criminal activity, national security threats, actual terrorism, and other similar topics. And so it's not like they were prevented from doing that. What they were prevented from doing was, for instance, badgering different social media companies about why Tucker Carlson's videos haven't been demoted by the algorithm sufficiently enough. Regardless, that was the argument that the government was making. The Department of Justice argued that if they were not able to contact social media companies, our country would be in danger. Pray. I mean, pray. This isn't some indication of how the Supreme Court is likely to rule because you're going to wake up in a dictatorship. Here's what's so absolutely 
galling about this. Folks, the First Amendment doesn't just cover speech. It covers freedom of religion. If the government can cancel individuals, their posts, their accounts, you better bet they can cancel churches. Watching this, I almost had to wonder, like, did Alito get caught with a dead woman or a live child? I mean, what is going on here? There's no way this is constitutional. Now, let me stop here and explain something. Because this is where a lot of conservatives and free market types might get kind of confused. Thinking, well, you know, if Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whoever wants to silence right-wing voices that make Joe Biden look bad, well, that's their business prerogative, right? Well, that's not what's happening here. First of all, that's illegal. Um, Under the statute that allowed social media to exist in the first place, they cannot act as a publisher. They must take all comers in exchange for their protection against libel lawsuits. So they can't legally operate this way. That's what makes this so stunning. I want to pause for a minute to thank PhD Weight Loss for sponsoring this podcast, but also for changing my life. If you're overweight, odds are you have joint pain. You probably think of it as something you inherited. That's how I thought of mine. I was shocked. In fact, my favorite PhD weight loss side effect was that I don't have joint pain anymore. It was literally a cure. At PhD, they've got 20-pound rice bags, so for every 20 pounds you lose, they have you carry it across the floor so you could feel what your body used to be carrying. I could immediately feel the strain on my joints again, and I thought, this is what I was doing to them? I don't even need my medication anymore. What would PhD weight loss do for you? You can do it at home, you know. There's somebody doing it at home in every one of the 50 states. To find out more, go to myphdweightloss.com. That's myphdweightloss.com. Ask them about the PhD at home program, myphdweightloss.com. Now back to the podcast. But here's the weird part. Conservatives hadn't, at least our members of Congress, taken much effort to go after social media because they thought these decisions were being made by Zuckerberg or Jack Dorsey when he owned Twitter or something like that. Then we would later learn, thanks to the Twitter files, that actually it was the FBI working on behalf of the Department of Homeland Security who was dictating what got censored, who got censored, and who got canceled. That's a completely different thing than some committee at Facebook making the decision. Okay, but what if Facebook just wanted to kowtow to whatever the FBI wanted and whoever they wanted canceled? Isn't that their capitalistic prerogative? No. It turns out social media was being dictated to because of an executive order, 13848, signed by Trump in 2018 that almost nobody noticed. What it allowed, and to see Trump's signature on this, to me, even today, is a punch to the gut. But what it allowed is the president, the secretary of state, the secretary of the treasury, the secretary of defense, the attorney general, and the secretary of homeland security could censor social media and actually any digital platform for disinformation, if that so-called disinformation furthers the interest of a foreign authority, thus supposedly compromising an election. Well, we know how they used it. They lied and called anything that made Joe Biden or the Democrat Party look bad disinformation. And then the Department of Homeland Security sent the FBI out to censor. But where did they get that power? Because Donald Trump evoked a national emergency and gave them sanctions in Executive Order 13848. 
And what those sanctions said was that these agencies had the ability to stop transactions by these social media companies. So in other words, payments out, receipt of payments, it would have crippled them. In other words, this wasn't Dorsey and Zuckerberg making the decision to do this just because they were liberal or like the Democrat Party. They had no choice. Trump's executive order was the single largest assault on the First Amendment since the founding. I mean, it's still a gall. I get upset talking about it as a person who treasures the First Amendment like the blood that flows through my body because it allows me not only to express myself, but to practice my religion. And I've often wondered, it's the only question I'd ask Trump, um, if I could ask just one, did you read page two of the executive order or did you just sign it reading page one, which looks like kind of a boring sanction uh, executive order against foreign countries should they interfere with our election equipment? The first page of it's not too exciting. Most people would agree with it. I do. The problem is the sanctions on American companies who refused to censor so-called disinformation on the second page and the ungodly amount of power it gives to the deep state. So Trump first signed the order. Joe Biden would re-up it, signing it again after he took office. So my theory on this is that perhaps, assuming Alito wasn't compromised in some way, he decided to leave it in place because there was so much agreement, at least on paper, between the two parties that the government ought to be able to censor. Both Joe Biden and Donald Trump signed it. The order was also used, ultimately, by the way, by the CDC uh, and the FDA to censor critics of lockdowns and shots, who, by the way, ended up being correct. Whatever the case, this is a horrifying, terrifying legal precedent. I pray to God this is not an indication of how the Supreme Court is going to rule. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.